Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 594. Last week I said it was 594, but I misspoke. Last week was 593. I've been a little messed up lately. <laughs> maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a little messed up, maybe. You sound like you just woke up. What is he talking about? That's from Three Amigos. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we had a lot of different ideas swirling last night, but I think we landed on uncertainty. I Two things. Uncertainty um, and also, like, what is normal going forward? I think that you and I were kind of talking about how now that, you know, kids are going to be going back to school. Some of them have for a while, but things are changing really fast. Um, and I have been hearing from a lot of people and I have been feeling myself a lot of like uncertainty about what this means. The fact that are, are we, are we returning to normal? But then you hear that there is a resurgence and variance and, I just feel like life is like super lifey right now. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is the weather's warming up. That's helpful. Which is helpful, but also um, makes people like say, screw it. I'm just going to go to the ball game with, because Texas, um, the Texas Rangers have no limit on the number of people at their stadiums. Yeah. Were there a lot of people there? I don't, I think they may have filled it. Wow. I'm not sure. I apologize for not knowing. I've been a little out of the loop. We just got back from spring break. Uh, but I think like the Cubs and White Sox have 20% capacity or something like that. Mm -hmm. So every stadium or every city kind of makes their own rules. Uh, but yeah, like the warmer weather is going to make people more courageous. Well, I think it was you who gave the example of like a rubber band. Yeah. And that we had, we were like, a year ago or a year and a couple months ago or whatever, we were like fully like expanded, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In And this is like in our world, but maybe also in our lives. Yeah. Like we were like completely expanded. Busy as ever. And then it, for for good or bad, right? And, the, and then the rubber band just decided contracted. to- And just sat on the table for a year. And it, it contracted so hard. Mm -hmm. Like it was just really kind of scary and we had to rethink things and rework things. And I was wiping down groceries and wiping down mail and everything was, was what it, it was so new. Yeah. And then now there's a lot of like, let's expand here. Let's contract here. Mm -hmm. Let's expand here. And there's also the feeling of what do I do personally? Yeah. Like- there's, I can't, you know, I live in Illinois outside of Chicago. I can't do anything about Texas. Um, but what do I do yeah. in my life? And, and on top of the fact that there are, and this is why I'm saying life is so lifey. Like right now, Todd and I are, you know, experiencing all sorts of things in our own family where we're having to like figure out things that have nothing to do with COVID mm -hmm. and, you know, dealing with things that maybe, maybe came from COVID, yeah. but it, it's ever like when you contract back really fast, sometimes things get all jumbled. Yeah. So I guess my, what I want to say to everybody is that the tiredness that you may hear from, in our voices, in our voices is us being authentic because we're exhausted. We're tired. And we 
have to, because our days are not what they used to be, we're getting up now at like 6 a.m. to do shows. Yeah. And so we're in the middle of the lifiness. And by the way, lifey I got from um, our friend Debbie Reber. She, I can't remember if she said it in a post once or something, and it just made me laugh. I She's, think that's going to be the title of this podcast. Life is so lifey. Life is so lifey. Um, and so there's just so many layers of things that we personally feel like we're dealing with. But then there is what's the world is dealing with. And then obviously we're trying to support people and what they're dealing with. So um, we're right there with you, uh, as we always are. Um, no different than we have been for the last 10 years. Um, but sometimes the issues are new, you know. So I guess what I want to discuss, you're going to go into something else. Yes, before. I am. Okay, so I'm not going to launch into... Um, school and everything quite yet. Why don't you go ahead? Um, first thing is a few quick takes. I've read this on the Daily Skim, which is the email newsletter that you and I both get written yeah. by women, I believe. Yeah, two women. Two women uh -huh. who are, you know, uber successful in regards to the reach of this newsletter. Yes, agreed. Um, I've read this. Waiting on the world to change. In 135.6 years, that's how long on average a new report says it will take 156 countries to close the gender gaps in terms of economic participation and opportunity, political empowerment, health and survival, and education. In North America, the number is 61 and a half years. Not nearly good enough. So it's just a kind of reminder for all of those people who think that there's no progress that needs to be made in regards to equality. 135.6 years by the time... Well, and I will say this... Um I think it, I, I actually, you know, I want to celebrate something really quick okay? because we're talking about these things that are difficult. I turned in my, a revised version of my book yesterday. Thank you. Oh, that's very, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, which is, for those who have written a book, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, but it was kind of a big revised version. Um, and one of the things that I was writing about was how many women have left the workforce mm. because of the pandemic. Yeah. We're talking something like 2.3 million women. Um, and it's hit uh, women of color even harder sure. um, as far as the numbers. Yeah. And I'm saying that because that report, it, uh, it might be current, mm -hmm. but just think about, talk about lifey and, and things that are not typical. 2.3 million women are no longer doing what they were doing right. a year ago. And maybe they have a plan to get back in it once their kids are in school. You know, again, we're just going by numbers. I don't have personal stories. But that changes the gender sure. challenge too. Makes us even further apart. Correct. So yeah, and speaking of which, uh, you are actually speaking uh, next Monday, I think that's April 12th uh, for Men Living, and we do once a month speakers night, and Kathy is our speaker, and all genders are welcome and encouraged to participate, and you titled the talk, uh, Why Did She Say That? Why Did She Say That? Which is kind of an insight to helping us understand, help me out. Well, I think what I wanted to talk about is I wanted to be as general as possible and discuss communication, um, maybe, you know, communication between um, men and women and why sometimes it can break down, mm -hmm. um, communicate, maybe having a better understanding of why women may be offended or not open up or be challenged by something that um, men don't understand. Yes. Um, and, I'm, and I know that sounds really like... Um, you know, we're talking about all genders. 
it, you know, it doesn't, it, it fits in kind of a more binary, sure. you know, because we, we're always trying to be, make sure we're inclusive of all genders and non-binary, but this is really this, these relationships where, um, men and women don't have the same communication style. Yes. Like I, you know, something that Todd used to say to me a while ago was, I would be offended by something or put off by something. And he was like, well, that doesn't offend me. So yeah. I don't know why it offends I, I, you. I would use, if if this happened to me, would I be bothered? And I am somebody who still does sometimes bypass my feelings. And it's just a really dangerous mechanism to decide how I'm going to treat others. Right. And that's how I treated you. Like, well, that wouldn't bother me, so it shouldn't bother you. Right. So, And, you know, and I will speak to the general way that communication can be heightened, opened up, um, led with more compassion, um, and having the ability to know what what someone needs yeah. in the moment. Because I think a lot of times we walk away from conversations and arguments and say, well, I have no idea what to do. And this is not just about partnership. This can be with our children. Yeah. This can be with our daughters. And this can be, and a lot of these things are non-gender specific. Yeah. A, a lot of the things we're talking about are, um, you know, it could be with our sons, it could be with our, uh, you know, our partners who are male. Um, so it's just a conversation about how to better understand how to communicate with someone effectively and understand how to, um, meet the needs of the conversation. So it's free. It's open to all. We hope that you can, uh, RSVP for the evening. Uh, you can RSVP just by scrolling up on the show notes of this podcast and, um, put it in your name, first name, last name, email address. So we hope to see you there. Um, last week we did a Zen talk and one of our teammates talked about something called PDA. Right. And that does not stand for public display of affection. No, it was new. It was a new, uh, thing for us. Um, it's, it's PDA stands for pathological demand avoidance. And I'm not going to pretend to be even close to an expert on it, but it's basically, there is some, it's not in the DSM. No, it, but, we are not recognizing it in our country yet, yeah. I think she said. And it's basically something that kids sometimes that are on the autism spectrum... It falls under that umbrella. And they just um, have this pathological demand to... Um, I don't know how to say this. I think what she, what she described is that there's this reaction to when demands are... I don't like the word demand, but I guess that's within it. When the child feels like something is being demanded of mm -hmm. them, they have a very quick and large response. I have I have what she wrote. Okay, go ahead. Like 99% of people on the spectrum, anxiety is integral. To help with that anxiety, she seeks control and certainty. An external request feels like someone asking her to walk down a dark alley at night. She is immediately flooded and in fight or flight mode. Her response is always a hard no, even if something, even if it's something I know she wants. And I know it shows up in a lot of different sure. ways, but um, it's something I'd never heard of. And then a teammate asked about it on a Zen talk. And then there's this whole uh, Facebook chain because some of the um, moms who are in, uh, in the micro community for kids with that are differently wired, they're like, oh my God, we totally already knew, aware of this. Oh, they knew about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like Dawn's like, when I saw the title of the Zen talk, she was so excited because I think she had already known about it and wanted to hear us and the other teammates talk about it. You guys, it. I'm talking to everybody and you too, Todd, but how good does it feel 
when you've been struggling with something and then somebody gives it a name and they say me too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like this feeling of like, oh, you know, there's already been some, somebody already knows what this is. There's already been some research. There's other people who understand. And I think for anybody who feels like, you know, they've maybe gone to a therapist already or, or asked for help from the school and they feel like there's no language for what they experience at home or what they see in their kid. It is so, um, it, it can feel so good and so affirming to have somebody say, oh, me too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we are doing a Zen talk later this afternoon with Mercedes, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Samudio. I'm guessing that that's right. She's an LCSW. She's going to join us to discuss EMDR for parents and then also answer our teammates' questions. And also she um, leads up diversity in parenting mm -hmm. and she leads up um, shame-proof parenting. So she's got a lot of um, expertise and... Um, you know, basically when people, when we have experts join our uh, Zen talks, like Todd said, you can just ask them any questions that you want and we get a really rich um, feedback uh, yeah. from these experiences. So, so if you want to join us later this afternoon, all you got to do is head on over to uh, Team Zen or click on the, on the show notes and you can um, get the first month free, 25 bucks. And it's just a, a more way to be connected to Kathy and I and some of the experts that we love. So with that, I was going to go over a Zen parenting moment, but because I know we're having a compressed show. Well, which moment did you want to go over? Well, I, I copied and pasted three of them. One is called Delight, one is called Incessant, incessant Loop, and one is called Ordinary is Extraordinary. Hmm. Do any of these well, jump out at you? I, I, they've all been very helpful lately. Writing has been really helpful, even if I have to get up super early in the morning to do it. Um, can, can I just talk about Delight for a second? Sure. Um, so do you have the quote from it? The more stuff you love, the happier you will be. And that is from Ross Gay, correct? Yeah. I don't know who Ross Gay is. So about a year or two ago, I was listening to an interview. I think it was on NPR. I think it was with, um, it was Fresh Air with, uh, Terry Gross. Terry Gross. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to have to help each other's brains yes. here. Um, and she was talking to Ross Gay who wrote a book called The Book of Delights and, I was so taken with their conversation and with his just description of the word delight. And not because, you know, we've all heard that word before, but what I wrote about was there was something that that word just sparked something in my brain where I was like, a delight. What is a delight to me? Do I, do I notice what's delightful? And his whole point throughout the book is you have to pay attention to things that delight you if you want to feel the experience of delight. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds very, um, what's the word to describe that obvious, but I right now with life being so lifey, I have to really practice, um, noticing things that delight me. Um, I have to really point it out and say it out loud. And if I'm maybe, you know, eating something that tastes good or hearing something that sounds good to really say out loud, this is delightful or this is great or I'm enjoying this or say it to myself. Because if you don't notice what delights you, then you can go through a day being focused on the lifiness. Yeah. You have to make it like, and I'm saying this for myself, I'm not telling everybody else to do this. I'm just telling you what works for me. I have got to notice I have got to make a point to notice um, because there are delightful things all the time. All the time. What were you going to play? How do you say? Degrooming? Oh, yes. 
How do you say? Digorge. Ooh la 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 la. Is this the beginning of her video? Yes. Keep it on. How do you say? Delight, 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 delight. I love this song. You do? I was just playing it in the Jeep like two days ago so loud. When is it going to start? Oh, here we go. Is she a one-hit wonder? No. Two hits. What's the other one? I'm just focusing on this. Okay, you're just noticing the delight? I'm delighting in delight. Chills that you spill up my back. Keep me filled with so glad you played this. Really? Yeah. Is this it takes two to th- to make a thing go right? Oh, no, honey. <laughs> this groove is in the heart. It sounds like a college song. It, that's my whole point. That's why I'm um, so excited. Is there a chorus? Yeah, it's coming okay. right now. She couldn't ask for another. You're probably playing too much. We'll get in trouble. Well, we're talking over it. I think that helps. Does it? I Background? Know. I don't know. Here goes. The groove is in the heart, sweetie. So the second song was called Power of Love. No, sweetie, that's Huey Lewis. <laughs> that's a different one. So you can turn it off, but I was just, it's so funny that you would choose that. First of all, that band is called Delight with a couple more E's than usual, um, <laughs> and which is why it's fun that Todd found it. But I was, I had to go out on, we got home on Saturday and, you know, again, lifiness. I still had to go out and get things done at like eight o'clock at night. And I got in our car and I literally put that, that song came up because I always shuffle my music and I had it so loud. And so it's just, again, it's a coincidence that you would play that. I know. Groove is in the heart. No, this is not the power of love. This is the power of love. (laughs) I'm playing this for my friend, Mike Rosen, who loves Huey Lewis. (laughs) I love this song. Well, that song is, I like the beginning of this song. Well, it's like one of those videos Christopher Lloyd's in, and he's part of the production of the video. Oh, really? I mean, I know it's from Back to the Future, but. All right, so we're 18 minutes in, and we haven't started the show. Okay, let's talk about um, uncertainty and normal. Okay, so let's ask the question this time. We are being asked right now, we're rubber bands who were very much, you know, con- uh, you could almost use that metaphor either way. Like before COVID started, we were stretched all the way thin. Or you I mean. could say before COVID, the rubber band was just sitting on the table and COVID stretched us out. And now we're bouncing back. You're you right. Go either Which way. way can it go? It doesn't For matter. For me, it feels like we were a rubber band that was stretched. Yeah. And then COVID made us Quiet. contract. Yeah. And it made us contract. And when I say contract, I think that works better because contraction can be fear. Sure. Right? So not only did we have to pull back from everything we were doing, but mm. we felt like the contraction is when we go inside. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean we weren't feeling fear before. It was just we were a little more like, uh, you know, stretched to our limits. And then now everybody's saying, great, it's time to stretch back to our limits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's and go back to the way it was. Let's go back. And what does that mean? I mean, 
what I have been saying to people um, as of late or saying to myself is we need to figure out what that means for us individually. And again, together, you know, obviously school boards need to figure it out in communities and cities and states. You know, there's a lot of different layers to this. Um, but I feel like on the individual level, on the family level, there is a we have to do this at a at a at a pace that doesn't cause us to go into another tailspin. Sure. And that may look different than your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And that there are people, believe me, I, I've not been on social networking as much lately just because of everything. But prior to um, you know, the last couple of weeks, I was watching all the arguments that I need my kid back in school full time. I need my kid needs to be back playing a sport and my kid needs to be, and I I hear all that. And I also hear some people put this online, but I hear this more like from emails I get. Some people saying, I'm afraid to do this. Mm. I'm afraid to have my kid back in that situation. My kid has been thriving in certain situations at home. Um, I'm not quite sure that that I want to go back into this the, the craziness that I felt like I was in a couple years ago or a year ago. And all of that's fine, meaning what I'm saying to everybody is you're not alone. Like there is, there are people who want it to go right back to the way it was before because they've just been gripping the steering wheel and digging their nails in until this was over. And now they're like, okay, go back. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who things have changed so dramatically that that's impossible. Sure. Yeah. They may have lost a loved one or correct. A lot of different things. A lot of different happened reasons. in the last year. Or your kid was like, like it's interesting. I it, just watching the difference in my kids of what they want to do mm -hmm. right now or what they feel like they should do. I think want is a strong word when it comes to school. You know, because there's a lot of like, what should I do right now? And we're all over the place yeah. as far and and Todd and I are like, it's messy. Yeah. Like we don't have a simple solution for this is how it's going to look and this is what we expect because we're watching our kids kind of unwind what they've had to absorb for the past year. And it, and we're kind of letting the chips fall gently rather than saying, this is how it's going to look. I feel like it's, um, there's some people I judge that want to go back to exactly the way it was before March of 2020. And for me, I feel like if we just try to go back to where it was, we're missing an opportunity to incorporate or integrate some of the things that we've learned in the last 14 months. Exactly. And it's an opportunity because for us, our family got quiet and small. Like our kids were going in 40 different directions. And they then were. And then COVID happened and we're having dinner together every night and they're bored more, <laughs> which is a quality that Kathy and I both think is an important quality for kids to have. It can be good and bad. Right. It could be good and bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like anything else. Um, so I just, for me, I want to navigate through this transitionary moment in our lives and in our history and really kind of try to figure out what, how I want things to look. And, you know, we obviously don't have control about everything, but we can set an intention like, yeah, I don't want to go back and travel crazy as much as I did before. Right. Because in, I, work. in my work, I couldn't travel for the last 13 months. And there were certain things that I thought I had to do. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking at it like, do I really need to f get on this airplane to make this sales call? Or can I do it 
in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's just one example of you know some of the things that I think we have an 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 option or an ability to learn from. And that's just one you know my my work is one small ex- example, but we can build that into any aspect of our lives. And with our kids, you know, one thing that uh, I personally always struggled with was the issue with attendance with school. Now, as a former teacher, as someone who loves teachers and all my my whole family is teachers, it's not about that we're taking advantage of a system. It's that to focus on kids and attendance and say, a kid who gets perfect attendance, they get a bunch of like cheers and you know, uh, we put this on their transcript and we say they're a great student. When there's a lot of kids that having perfect attendance is impossible. It could be because of they have physical challenges. It could be because they have emotional challenges, mental wellness issues, family that has challenges. And it, it's it's a it, there's an ableism in there mm-hmm. where it's like there are some kids who do. And, and I'm not saying the kids who are there all the time work are, don't work hard. But what I'm saying is there is a um, a a privilege to being able to go to school every day. Sure. Not all kids can do that, and so. I was questioning that before COVID um, where now I'm like, are we really going to make that a a thing again where it's like my kid, you know, we're going to punish kids who maybe have a different way of getting into school or are in school for a certain amount of time or um, have to have some kind of combined at home part of the time at school part of the time, you know, that just that in itself, and that's one small piece of school, but can we look at that differently? Well, and I feel like there's an emotional wellness piece that we've talked about this on the podcast a number of times, but I think we both agree that we were holding on tight these last 13 months, and now that we the world is opening back up in a slow way, um, there's going to be some residue as a result, emotional things that we... We, we were so in it. It's kind of like when you're in crisis, you, you can't feel that you're getting sick. Correct. And then all of a sudden, and there's something, I, I remember listening to a Brene Brown podcast or something. She was talking about college students or graduate students, and they get their dissertation in or whatever it is uh, the, when they're in the doctorate program. And then right afterwards, they get sick. They get com- And they were getting sick the whole time. Right, they just but they ignored it. it. And I right. feel like, not to scare anybody, that we're all about to get sick, but we need to kind of be gentle with ourselves or I need to be gentle with myself as things are, because I was holding on tight just like everybody else these last 13 months. And now that we can relax a little bit, other things that were there that I probably ignored is going to show up. And really what you just said is what this show is supposed to be about, meaning this is exactly what I want to talk about is that piece that you just said. And like you said, this is not about scaring people. It's not about, ooh, you know, get afraid because something bad is coming. What we're saying is that when you have been going through a crisis for a year, now that maybe we have a little more room to breathe... Um, there may be other things <laughs> that we need to take a look at and take time for. And so the whole idea of going back to where we were a year ago jumps over that process. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I know our friend Duffy, Dr. Duffy has been saying, and I've been saying it as well is, you know, after this experience, we have a mental wellness issue we need to deal with and which we are personally already dealing with in some ways. And we have, you know, other people in our lives that we're trying to support. And 
you know, even including like my, my mom who has been like basically doors have been locked mm. on the facility that she lives in. And I've been, I've been lucky enough to be able to con- continue to see her and, and it's not as if I haven't been with her this year, but not you know, in the way that we would have not otherwise. In the way, and there's been a lot and, you know, other members of our family who this, it, there's been a lot of, um, it's been difficult. Yeah. And, and even like a week or two ago, her facility opened back up and then four days ago it closed back down. And mm. it's just a, it's we're, like whiplash. we're on such a roller coaster with maybe our parents, with our kids, with our friendships, with our partnership. And so for, for those that feel the pressure that, and now I have to go back and do things the way I did a year ago, I'm offering, if it makes any difference to you, permission to say, no, you don't. Mm. Like this is, again, we're still in in the grief and the healing. We're still in a stage that is not about completely and what was normal anyway? Like I don't even like that word normal, but typical, going, typical traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are feeling like you're unsure about what your kids should be doing, or if you know you should be going into a restaurant, or if you why you don't feel why you go to bed at nine o'clock every night and still feel exhausted, or if you really want to re-engage with all the people you used to re-engage with, you are not alone. Like this is this is the next wave. Is like we're re finding ourselves, you know, we're, we're having to like map out a new plan for what comes next. And there's going to be a lot of beauty in it. Like, you know, I don't ever like to say, oh, get concerned about this. What I'm saying is pay attention to this. And if you can pay attention to the fact that things are different and that we're all trying to juggle new things, then you can notice the beauty of the change. You can say, wait a second, before this wasn't working and now I have an opportunity to shift this. Or thank goodness this opened up this door and even though I'm feeling a lot of pain here, this may be the best thing for us in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all, I'm being very general because everybody has their own story of what they need to do next. Um, but I guess I just want to make sure that people who feel like, wow, everybody's just going back, um, is that what I need to do too? I'm saying to you, you don't have to do any of that. Well, my invitation would be to check yourself. Yeah. So instead of just go along with the crowd because, oh, I guess we're going to Cubs games now or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, So I'm putting you on the spot. Is there anything that, that you can think of offhand that you feel is going to, that you're going to like have a different relationship with? Well, I already do. I mean, with my girls and school, you know, like there are all three of my girls have a different situation and I'm honoring all of their situations. Like instead of saying no, as a family, this is what we're all doing. It's like, I want what's top priority for me with them. It it has always been is their mental wellness and their mental well-being. And if being in school is um, helping that, then that's where they should be. But if they need a little different approach because of their mental well-being, then I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And if they want to kind of figure out, like my senior is kind of figuring out, she's, she, going, back and she's forth. going back and forth. And I'm fine with that. She's a senior. like, and, it, and not to make anyone else's life more difficult, I think what I would like to say about the teachers and staff and counselors that Todd and I have been working with, they have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have I don't know about everybody else's school system, but I have felt nothing but a compassionate, we're in it too, yeah. we understand kind of approach to what my children are choosing to do yeah. um, or what we as a family are choosing to do. I have felt very held in that. Um, 
But if I was looking on social networking or just reading articles, I'd probably feel like overwhelmed or that that the path we're taking is not the right one. Yeah. So what I'm saying is in the actual reality, I feel good about these things, but it can feel overwhelming when you're watching what other people are doing. And, and that's the thing. This is very similar to COVID in that, you know, Todd just said, or are we all going back to Cubs games? If you did go back to a Cubs game, great, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like if you are vaccinated or you are a good mask wearer or you feel safe, um, that's great. It isn't, we're not doing the like, don't go do those things. But what we're saying is if you are a person who is not ready to do that, that's okay too. Right. Like let's let's honor our own inner workings and our own grief process. Like I I've been, you know, going through some grieving things lately and I have forgotten how much grief feels like fear mm-hmm. and how grief is like it, it it grief takes on all sorts of different um shapes and sizes. It's it changes all the time and it goes back and forth, but grief feels like fear. And so if you are afraid, you may also just be going through your own grieving of what's been lost and and what comes next and uncertainty. The book that I just am, you know, that comes out in February that I wrote, it's all about uncertain times. And when I wrote it or when I started it, I had no idea mm-hmm. that we would be going through this and obviously it it changed because of this. Um but Uncertain times are not for the faint of heart. Like we, it, it takes, I have days where I say to Todd, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then I have days where I say, I have a ton of answers. So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you were with me where you're like, this day, I feel like I know what I'm doing and I feel like I'm the strongest of everybody. And then some days I'm like, I, I'm not the strongest of anybody. Yeah. I need so much help. And I, I've been asking for a lot of it. Thank goodness. Um, but so I, I guess I can only, you know, Todd and I were talking about what we wanted to talk about today. And I really can only talk about things I'm feeling. And I know from the emails I've been getting that a lot of people are feeling this way for some reason, maybe their own reasons mm-hmm. with their children, with their parents, with themselves, with their work, um, with their partnership, things are, are, are not quite stable. Yeah. Is that a good sure. word? Um, so I guess we always like to make sure that, you everybody knows they're not alone. Well, and I would say, you know, as the world opens up, I feel like there's part of our ego is going to be like, okay, get back on board. Here we go. And I think all Kathy and I are saying is there could be some, you know, some impact and you don't feel like going along in the way that you feel like the world is carrying on. And you may find an alternative route. Yeah. And and I think that's something that has helped me. It, it, at the beginning of the pandemic, when everything shut down and there were lots of different, we could choose lots of different things, it did free a part of my 1980s brain from traditional ways of doing things. Meaning, I a, a story that Todd and I tell a lot um, is how I used to like if my girls, even in preschool, miss school, it would freak me out. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, no, this is how things have to look every day. And and I have to follow this map and I have to follow this route. And because that's what we did in the 80s, right? You know, even I was a latchkey kid. My parents were, they went to school in the morning, they taught or they were teachers. And at the end of the day, I came home on my own and they came home an hour later. Like that's just what I knew I had to do. Sure. And now it, the world is different. And it doesn't mean we don't go to school. It means that... There are many different ways to um, to structure 
a family life. Yeah. And there's many different ways to structure work. And there's many different ways to be in relationship. I feel like what we're saying is instead of me putting my head down, going back into reality, yes. for lack of a better term, it, to become curious about, okay, what is best for me in this now moment? And it could be that means that I need to, I'm afraid of something and I need to do it anyways. And there's other things that I'm afraid now and I don't want to do that. So it's not like, oh, you just got to listen to your fear and and withdraw. Sometimes you listen to your you listen to your fear and you move forward. Good point. So, you know, there is no recipe to it. It's just like, can we come at this with a sense of curiosity instead of, uh, you know, obligation and I guess. compassion and gentleness. Yeah. Like the the words that I have been kind of reaching for have been like, God, don't be so self critical. Um, don't have an assumption that everything should fall in line a certain way. Um, instead, have some compassion for where you are right now today, and and that you're doing what you can, the best you can. And remember, in you know the four agreements, one of the four agreements is to do your best. Mm-hmm. And doing your best sometimes just means getting up and taking a shower and that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm saying that as like a, you know, I'm talking to the moms who have really little kids who are like barely yeah. getting anything done for themselves. Yeah. And I'm talking about people who are struggling with their own mental wellness issues. Um, and I'm talking about people who are taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is sometimes your best is looks different than other people's yeah. and and to any different day. You know, one day it looks like you got a ton of things checked off your list and another day it's I got up and hugged some people and ate and that's the best I could do. Right. You know, there it's very it's relative. So I really like what you said. The words that you just laid out there were curiosity um to you know, understand that your fear shouldn't always be directing you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just giving you messages of you need to relax or sometimes it's saying to you it's time to step in. Yeah. Um and then also compassionate, gentleness and and you know maybe instead of looking around at what everybody else is doing, this is your opportunity to figure out what works best for your family. Mm. That's kind of a difference of this time. Yeah. Um and to know that something I keep telling myself is these transitions are difficult and things will smooth out. Yeah. And there, this is a huge transitionary moment. And I would even say it's a huge transitionary opportunity. Yes. And I think that's where I am is I just want to really kind of sift through how, because I think how you start this re-engagement with the world will put you on a certain path, not that you can't get off of it, but it's always best to start in a healthy way as opposed to, you know, be on the wrong track and have to come back. Like in other words, like you're going too far one direction, you have to kind of reel back or vice versa. So, well, and you know, again, what does uncertain times mean? Like we are in a transition, things are changing um, and things will smooth out and then we'll have uncertain times again. Like this is just a practice of life. Mm -hmm. You know, for those of you who are Todd in my age, you know, Todd's going to be 49 in about a month. The big four nine. The big four nine. Less than a month, sweetie. Less than a month. And I'm 49. We've done this, not this specific thing, but we've gone through a lot of uncertainty and, and transition. And and 
and then all of a sudden things stabilize and then you have to go through it again. So I feel like we're just going in circles about the same thing, but maybe that's because we're going in circles. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're not coming here with any answers. We're coming here with questions. Yes. And we're asking ourselves whatever questions we asked you over these last 40 minutes, we're asking ourselves. Correct. And that... In the midst of it, because I always want to leave you guys with this, leaves you, uh, all you people with this, is even in the midst of uncertainty and change, look, I'm glad we started with talking about the delights because there are some things that remain the same. Um, There are things, there are people we remain connected to that support us. We have the opportunity to practice mindfulness, which... I've needed to do. I've needed to live day by day rather than have, or sometimes moment by moment, rather than look ahead and know what's going to happen in two weeks because I have no idea right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am living in a more day by day way. And, and in some ways that's very difficult because our brains are very programmed to look ahead. But in some ways it's been very um, soothing to just be like, all I'm worried about is today. Like, I, you know, it's funny. I remember a week ago, it was like Tuesday and someone was like, ask me about Thursday. And I'm like, I can't even think about Thursday. Yeah, like not that's, there yet. we're not, we're not there yet. Um, and many of you already live that way and know exactly what I'm talking about. And then also, you know, compassion that one thing that you can always do is be compassionate to yourself and your children and your partner and the people you love. Cause we're all going through it. Um, and making your relationships priority you know, what, whatever relationships, it could be your work relationships too, if that's where you're spending most of your time. Um, there are things that can remain, these are the grounding forces of Zen parenting. If you guys go to our website, the things we focus on are connection, compassion, mindfulness, and what's our fourth one? Uh, mindfulness, compassion, compassion, connection. Do I have to go to my own website? Well, as you're pulling up our four foundational elements (laughs) that we came up with when we developed the website, I want to read just some of the things that are on your laptop, sweetie. What, what do you mean? Your stickers. Oh, because you're looking at the back of I'm my... I'm looking at the back <laughs> of her laptop right now. She's got a picture of Mr. Rogers, uh-huh. and it says, I like you just the way you are. That's what he used to tell me when I was growing up. I know. Um, there's one that says humankind, and it says be both. So be, be human, human and, and be kind. kind. Everything is going to be okay. I've got that in three places in our house. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I've got the one that's on the... Um, the piano, mm-hmm. and then the one that's in our bathroom, and then done. and you got a Zen Parenting Radio sticker. You have kindness is key. I can't read what's underneath it, but it says kindness is key. Teach peace, and then um, I want to go to there. That's Liz Lemon. And then last, today is a good day for a good day. <laughs> today is always a good day for a good day. Um, yes, though I surround myself with words. I, I laugh at, there's this Geico commercial where this guy, this guy is teaching people how to not become their parents. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he tells them to throw away is the, the thing that goes on the wall that says live, laugh, love. Mm-hmm. He's like, do we really need something that says live, laugh, love? Which I do not have, by the way, but it made me laugh because if you come in my house, there's a lot of, there's stuff a like lot that of words all over. Um, but I need that. Those are my delights because the reason I have things like I know everything is going to be okay is because I've been through enough things to know that it will. But when you're in the middle of something, it seems impossible that it's going to be okay. 
Like I have days where I'm like, how will this ever be okay? And my my story that I constantly think about is when my dad was at his sickest it, when I was in my late 20s. I said to my mom, because we were just going through so much financially and figuring out how we were ever going to get him out of the hospital and how we were ever going to go back to any sense of normal because I quit my job and, you know, my mom was struggling and my sister quit her job. It was just a mess. And I said, I will never be happy again. Mm -hmm. And my mom like literally stopped the car and said, that is so not true. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand how she could even believe we would be, but that makes me laugh and has taught me so much because I have had so many so much happiness in between then and now, and also so many challenges. And it's just, again, the life waves. This is just how things go. Um, by the way, our, duh, our fourth principle is self-awareness. Oh, duh. oh, that one. Yeah, oh, the one we talk about all the time. So self-awareness, mindfulness, compassion, and connection. Um, one more delight, sweetie. All right. Thinking of you, Sweetie, do you think of the same thing I do, which is not sex? I think about arrested development. Arrested development. If anybody watches that, then you know what we're talking about. (sighs) It's so if if you don't know what that song is about, it is about having sex in the middle of the day, um, and or in the afternoon, and in the arrested development episode. Um, Michael Bluth sings that with his niece. Yeah, they, they just, <laughs> he's like, just pick the first song on the list, and afternoon starts with the letter A. So he and his niece sing "Afternoon Delight" as a duet. And everybody in the audience is like, "What?" Um, so that is good humor. But yes, that is another delight song. Are there any other songs that have delight? Hold on. Hey, I was talking to the sound guy, and he said he's got this karaoke thing. Yeah, let's do it. Put the first song on in the book. Okay. Okay. Hey, Dad. Thanks very much. Hey, hey, I thought you were at your party. No, no, they said I could leave for the second hour of silent prayer. But Ann and I do have to go back, so I should I should go soon. Uncle Michael. Okay, I'll be right there. Sorry, I gotta go do this. I'll be right back. <laughs> and Michael sang a duet with his niece. Her tide gonna grab some <laughs> afternoon delight. My daughter doesn't need me. Neither does my dad. Had George Michael and Lindsay stayed, they might have discovered what Michael and Maybe did. Oh. That Afternoon Delight was more adult-themed than its innocent melody would have you believe. <laughs> oh, God. That show. Development. That show. We missed that. We've never quite found anything like that. No. Um, all right. So I'm going to play the outro music. Oh, Jeremy Crafty's a bald-headed beauty. He has partnered with us since day one, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Just give him a call. Ask him for a quote on anything going on inside or outside your house. 630-956-1800, avidco.net. And then don't forget uh, about Kathy next Monday. Yeah. Join Team Zen. Talk with Mercedes today about EMDR, diversity and parenting, shame-proof parenting. We'd love to have you. Um, and then next week, like you said, I'll be talking to With Men Living and anybody who wants to join, correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, and all those links that we talked about are in the show notes. So just scroll up on your phone and uh, check it out. We love you, everybody. We're thinking of you. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review. It helps people find us. 
Hey, looking for more support, exclusive content, and an awesome community of parents? Join Team Zen, where you'll get zero pressure and 100% support. First month's free if you enter the coupon code FRIEND. Go to zenparentingradio.com. Time is at a premium these days, which is why we're delivering help and hope right to your inbox. Sign up to receive Zen Parenting Moment, a quick read two times a week that helps ground you and remind you of what you already know. Go to zenparentingradio.com to subscribe. A special shout out to the guys or for women who want to share a pretty great opportunity with the men in their lives. Men Living is committed to improving men's lives through connection. Included in our program is a low pressure, 75 minute weekly virtual gathering for men to give and get support and build friendships. If you want to learn more, you can head to menliving.org. Join us for our other podcast, Pop Culturing, where we take a Gen X view on movies and TV and have fun breaking down key moments and the themes that teach us what it means to be human. And don't forget about our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft at avidco.net. He is a bald-headed beauty, painting and remodeling throughout Chicago and area. His number is 630-956-1800. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep on trucking.